to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your hands. Begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. Ask the Lord to speak to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the opportunity to be in your presence. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Master. We adore you, Jesus. We praise you. We magnify your name. There is none like unto you, Lord. Be glorified. Be exalted. Be lifted up. Hallowed be thy name. There is none like unto you. Hallowed be thy name. We worship you. There is none like unto you, Lord. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. The blood that Jesus
blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for our sins to be washed away, for us to be redeemed, for us to be reconciled and restored. In these days, Lord, I pray, let this blood answer for us. Holy Spirit, give us a revelation of this blood. Thank you for a blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands for the Lord and you may be seated. Now, at this uh, convention, I'm talking about the glorious and eternal power of the blood of Jesus. The glorious and the eternal power of the blood of Jesus. Now, Christians say a lot of things about the blood of Jesus, how it is powerful, how the blood has saved us. We like to quote Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood and by the word of their testimony. But the reality is that most of us do not know what the blood of Jesus is and what the blood of Jesus stands for. Hallelujah. It is very, very important for us to have a deep understanding and a deep revelation of the blood. Hallelujah. It is the most powerful tool that is in existence in the world. The blood is more powerful than all the nuclear uh, weapons put together. It is more effective. It is eternal. It is an amazing thing. So, for these few days that we are going to be here, I really want to take my time and uh, teach about the blood and its importance, its power, its blessings, so that we can be equipped with a very great knowledge of this blood and so that we can be victorious in our lives. Amen. Amen. And at this uh, convention, one of the things that is going to happen is a lot of healing miracles. And um, the healing miracles, I don't need to lay my hands or pray for you, but as I'm speaking throughout um, the whole of the week, the Lord is going to heal you. On Friday, God willing, we are going to have a great communion service and a healing service. I'll be praying for the sick on Friday. We'll also be receiving communion. But you don't need to wait for that because the blood is the source of healing. Hallelujah. Now, today I want to talk about the blood covenant. The blood covenant. There is a blood covenant between God and his people. Hallelujah. And for us to understand what the blood of Jesus is, why it was shed, its effect, and all that, 
we need to understand, you know, why even this blood came into being in the first place. We must lay that foundation so there's a covenant between God and his people with regard to um, blood. Hallelujah. Now, after God has created all of his uh, creation, all right, after God has uh, finished creating birds, animals, all the creatures, God created man in his own image, in his likeness. And man was perfect and man was sinless. Pastor Philip, it's good to see you. Amen. And uh, there was no sin at all in man. Hallelujah. And God um, would come into the garden and have fellowship with Adam and Eve. Amen. Amen. And everything was okay. Man was created to live forever. Amen. Amen. And to be a companion of God. In Genesis chapter 16, the 2, from verse 16, God said to man, you shall eat of the fruit of all the tree in the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, thou will surely die. Amen. So God set apart that tree as a tree that ought not to be eaten. That is why paying your tithe is very important. Your tithe is what has been separated by God uh, to be dedicated to him out of all that he has given to you. Amen. Do you understand it? So in a certain sense, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a tithe. And when you touch the tithe, you bring a case upon us. You bring a case. In Genesis 3, the Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than all the creatures in the garden. And he came and deceived the woman and, of course, the man for them to eat of the fruits. When they did that, they disobeyed God and immediately something that had never been in their lives happened. They became sinful. 
immediately sin entered them. And when they looked at themselves, they realized that they were naked. Before that, they couldn't see their nakedness. Not because they were clothed with a dress. They were not clothed with a dress or uniform. But they were clothed with the glory of God. And the glory of God covered their nakedness. When sin came, the glory of God departed. And when they looked at themselves, they saw their sinful humanity. Amen. It is the presence of God that is making your life glorious. Hallelujah. In Colossians 1.27, the scripture says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. So as long as Christ is in you, is in your church, is in your marriage, is in your life, in whatever you are doing, there is glory, there is beauty, there is excellence. Amen. May your life be full of excellence. May your life be full of glory. May your life be full of the beauty that Jesus Christ brings. Amen. So they realized that they were naked. Then, they decided to cover their nakedness. So in Genesis 7, 3, 7, alright, the Bible said that they sewed thick trees together and made themselves aprons. They used leaves to cover their nakedness. Now, when God came and realized what had happened, he said to the woman, what is this that thou hast done? What, what, what is this that you have brought a major problem? You have brought Akaida. You have brought Boko Haram. You have brought ISIS. You have brought Saddam Hussein. You have brought Hitler. You have brought all these things by that one act. God said, what is this? What is this that thou hast done. Now listen. Listen. We must all be very careful as we walk with the Lord. As we strive to walk with the Lord in righteousness, in holiness, in obedience. Because what happens is that uh, we are exposed to so much temptation. And, and often, there is this voice that will say that, oh, just one time just once, will not do anything. I mean, you are, you are late. We have never slept with any guy before. Just one. Just one. This nice guy. Just once. If you sleep with him, just once. It doesn't. It doesn't. But after, after the once, the question is, what is this that thou has done? Because out of that once can come unwanted pregnancy. You, 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 you can contract HIV, hepatitis, B virus, 
Do you understand that? Gonorrhea, syphilis. Eh? So many different things. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. So, what if an Adam did is what has brought us to this point. The wars, the famines, Ebola, HIV, wars. All these are the results of sin. So listen, God is saying to you, eh, that is why the Bible said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. When you hear those voices to speak one lie, just once. You understand it? To do just one evil. Resist it. Resist it. Because the one is going to be two, the two is going to be three, the three is going to be four. And on and on and on and on and on and on. Amen? Anyway. So. But God realized that the attempt that they have made was very, very you know, he laughed and said, what, what, what have you done? Do you think the leaves, leaves can cover your sin? Eh? Leaves can cover your sin. It is not possible for leaves. Hebrews 10, 4, the scripture said, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. So, listen to this. At that point, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21, the Bible says, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Amen. He made coats of skins and clothed them. So what God did was that God killed some of the animals and took off their skin. And while their skin was wet with blood, he used the skin to cover them. Hallelujah. He used the skins of animals to cover them. In that act, in that act, God was saying, I am going to redeem you. Now, the word clothe also is, means reconcile. And so God was saying, I am using blood to reconcile you to myself. So for the first time ever, God revealed the blood covenant to Adam and Eve. Now, why do we say it was a covenant? Because the name of God used in these verses, the Lord God, alright, when you read Genesis 1, 2, you always hear God, and God said, and God said, and God said. That name 
is the Hebrew word Elohim, which talks about God, the Creator. Hallelujah. Eh? But when it came to redemption, the Bible now uses the Lord God, which means God Jehovah. And that Jehovah or Yahweh is a description of the covenant keeping God. So now, God was dealing with them not as the creator, but God was dealing with them as the covenant keeping God. And God was saying, I am now going to have a blood covenant with you. Hallelujah. Now, before this, there was no need for blood. Adam and Eve could relate with God, fellowship with him, talk with him, communicate with him, be with him, without the need for blood. But immediately sin came into their lives. They needed blood to relate to him. Without the presence of blood, man could no more relate with God. The reason why the blood covenant came into being is because the nature of the relationship has changed. When you are in a house and you get a bit quarrel with your father, the nature of the relationship changes. And you realize that now you need somebody higher. You need an uncle or a friend or somebody that your father respects and then you run to the person and now you come to your person, you come back to your father in the presence of this person. Otherwise you cannot come to the presence of your father. He doesn't want to see you. So there was no way God was going to mind man again. Hallelujah. And therefore... God brought in the blood so that he will now not see man when he looks at him, but he will see the blood. And when God sees the blood, that blood makes it possible to interact, to relate, to fellowship with man. I hear you go home. Amen. Do you understand that? Now, so after that, Adam and Eve passed on this blood covenant to their children. And throughout the generations, the saints who walked with God knew the importance of this blood covenant and fulfilled it all the time to be able to walk with God. Adam had two children. Abel and Cain. By the way, Cain and Abel were twins. Now look at Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And Adam knew 
his wife. And she conceived. And she did what? She conceived and bear came and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Verse 2. And she again bare his brother Abel. She conceived once. But she gave birth to two. The two of them came at one conception. Now, when it was time, when it was time for them to make sacrifices to God, alright, the Bible says, okay, look at it, look at it. And, and she, 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 and Eva was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Continue. And in the process, verse 3, and in the process, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto, the, unto Abel and to his offering. That the Lord had respect. In other words, the Lord accepted. The Lord accepted. And in those days, the sign that God was accepted of was the fire came from heaven. Like Elijah. Or like doing the dedication in the temple. Like the experience that David had. When they sacrifice, fire will come. And consume, you know, the sacrifice. So it was clear that God accepted the sacrifice of Abel and rejected the sacrifice of Cain. Why? Because even though their father has spoken to them about the blood covenant, that now in dealing with God, we don't deal with natural things. We have to deal with blood. You realize that if that king rejected that and brought, brought things from the ground that had no blood. But Abel, the Bible said that he brought of the firstlings of his flock. Only through the blood could the sacrifice be accepted. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. That, that God was so impressed that the Holy Spirit actually lists, lists Abel as one of the great men of faith. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by faith. He did it by faith. What their father has said, they have not seen it, but by faith. He believed. Jesus told Thomas, Blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. We must learn to believe things. I said we must learn to believe things. We must learn to believe things. The just shall walk by his faith. Paul said in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from grace to grace, as it is written, the just shall live by his feet. The just shall live by his feet. Abel believed. May you believe things. May you believe the word of God. May you believe the voice of God. He believed and offered a blood sacrifice. Yeah. Go back. Hebrews 11.4. He believed and offered a blood sacrifice. Okay. By faith ever offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. God testifying of his gifts. God said, wow. It's a wonderful thing. Why, why did God testify about it? Because, because the sacrifice was made in fulfillment of the blood covenant. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Huh? But Cain disregarded the blood covenant and his sacrifice was rejected. We must be careful to follow the patterns that God gives to us. Yes. Yes. In Exodus chapter 40, the, the presence of God came into the tabernacle. And the glory of God was so powerful because Moses took his time to do everything according to the pattern that God gave to him. Listen, in working with God, you must learn to do things in the way that God wants you to do it. Hallelujah. That's what I'm saying. You must learn to do things in the way that God wants you to do it. Sometimes we are not blessed because, for example, one of the reasons why tithers do not become blessed, people who tithe do not become blessed, is because, is because what they give is not, what they give, what they give as tithe is, is not the first. The, the, the tithe is the first. That is all. So when, when you get your 100 ganases, immediately God says, before you take 50 ganases, the 10 ganases, put it aside. But what happens is that you can spend, you can spend 100 ganases. Do, do you get it? And if you use the money to do some business and get some profit, before now, you take. So, so you have bought it, but it was not the first. It was not according to the pattern. Hallelujah. All the saints realized that the way to relate with God was through the blood covenant. Noah, in Genesis chapter 8, when Noah came out of the of the was the first thing that he did. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20. What was the first thing that he did? And Noah built an altar unto the Lord 
and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. When the word came out, the first thing he did was to offer blood. Can you imagine the volume of blood that he offered? Because he took of every clean beast and every clean fowl. And the clean beast and the clean and the clean fowl, he took seven of each into the ark. So you can imagine. And look at verse 21, the result of that. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. The sacrifice that he made broke the curse. The, the blood covenant breaks the curse. It is only through the blood covenant that the curse is broken. Yeah. He said, I will not. And the Lord will smell a sweet savor. May you give an offering to God that will be a sweet smelling savor in the, in the, year, in the, in the noses of the Lord. Yeah. That was the first thing that he did. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. Then he made a promise in verse 22. He said, he said, while the earth remained, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? When God called Abraham to leave his father's house and his kindred and his people and to go into a land that I will show you. When Abraham entered into the land of Canaan, what was the first thing that he did? What was the first thing that he did? Look at it. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. What was the first thing? Uh, and the Lord appeared unto him and said, and said, unto thy seed I will give this land. When Abraham appeared in the land, God revealed himself unto him and said, I will give this land unto you. And what was the first thing that he did? And there, builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Blood. They understood it. As I've come into a new land, if I'm going to have a relationship of God, if I'm going to fellowship of God, if I'm going to relate to God, there must be blood. There must be blood. There must be blood. It started in Eden. Adam, blood. Abel, blood. Noah, blood. Abraham, blood. The blood covenant. The blood covenant was being fulfilled. These saints who walk with God, they understood the power of the blood covenant. 
Hallelujah. Huh? Abraham passed it on to his children. Isaac, do you remember in Genesis chapter 26, he was uh, very poor. He wanted to run away from the land. And the Lord stay here, stay here, and I'll bless you. And the Bible says he stayed in the land, sold in that same year, and he reaped a hundredfold, and he was blessed so much. Okay, look at verse 24. Verse 24. Genesis 26 from verse 24. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night, and said, I am the Lord, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee and multiply thee for my servant Abraham's sake. Verse 25. And he built it an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servant digged a well. <laughs> the first thing that he did when the Lord said, I will bless you and give you the land. I must fulfill the black covenant. Is it, what I'm trying to say is that before we understand the blood of Jesus, we have to know where that thing came from. Yeah. We have to know where this thing came from. So that we understand how important it is. Jacob ran away from his brother Esau and went to be with his uncle Laban. He was there for 21 years. After that, he ran away. When he was coming, he was fearful of what his brother would do. In Genesis chapter 33, look up from verse 18. From verse 18. And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Padanaram and pitched his tent before the city. And he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money. Verse 20. And he erected there an altar and called it Elohi Israel. He erected an altar. <laughs> he erected an altar and made sacrifices. Blood sacrifices. Blood sacrifices. Because they understood that to walk with God, to relate to God, to get access to God. You see, the sinful nature had been introduced by Adam and Eve. So, so the fellowship in the garden, Genesis 3:8, God used to come in the in the in the evening to chat with them. But when sin came, the Bible said they ran into the trees. There was separation. They, they used leaves to try and bring reconciliation, but leaves could not. And God said, I will show you prophetically. I will show you prophetically. In fact, God said to the serpent. In Genesis 3.15, he said, because of what you have done, I am going to put an enmity between you and the woman. 
and between his seed and your seed. His seed shall bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. You know, God in that prophetically was talking about the day that Jesus Christ will come to contend with Satan and with demonic forces and overcome them and through the shedding of his blood bring redemption and restoration to the man. You are telling Satan, you have not won. I have plans. Do you understand it? So this blood covenant was put into motion. In fulfillment of that. Adam to the blood. Abel to the blood. Noah to the blood. Abraham by the blood. Isaac by the blood. Jacob by the blood. Now, in the days of Jacob, all right, Jacob moved his family, 70 of them, and they went into the land of Egypt. We all remember the story of how Joseph became the prime minister, the farming, you know, and all that. 70 of them. And they settled in a place called Goshen, where they multiplied. And they continued, the people of Israel continued in Egypt for 430 years. During that time, they forgot about their God. They forgot about the black covenant. They forgot about their relationship with God. They forgot about the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. 430 years. Four centuries plus. Hallelujah. Now, until it got to the time that God decided, I am going back for my people. I need, because it's a covenant keeping God, I need to bring my people back to me. I need to restore my people. So in Genesis chapter 3, he called Moses and he said, I've seen the affliction of my people and I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Then listen, listen, Moses asked a question. Moses asked a question. He said, when I go, who shall I say sent me? Because he didn't know this God, neither the children of Israel, they had forgotten about their God. Hallelujah. So now, God brought all kinds of plagues, diseases, tragedies, disasters. But Pharaoh said, you are not going anywhere. You are not going anywhere. And then God decided that there is one more thing. There is one more thing that, that we need to restore. We need to restore the black covenant. We need to restore the black covenant. It has been 430 years. It has been, they have done everything. 
They have done everything. Locusts, blood, river, frogs, everything, it didn't work. And God, in Exodus chapter 11, in Exodus chapter 11, quickly, Exodus chapter 11, and the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh. One plague more. One plague more. May the Lord release one more plague that will deliver you from the hands of your enemies in the name of the Lord Jesus. And prophetically, I speak into your life. Obstacles. Things that have been obstacles, stumbling blocks, blockages, diseases, infirmities, demonic attack, chronic diseases, poverty, things that have blocked the, your progress. May the Lord release one more, one more power, one more power into your life, one more power, one more grace, one more favor into your life to bring you a breakthrough. If you believe in what I'm saying, I want you to clap your hands, lift up your voice, and give Jesus a shout of victory. Let when I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt, afterwards he will let you go hence. Listen, the blood is God's last card. When you push the blood like this, when you push, you know, at the Independence Square, Bishop was preaching and was saying that when we came here, the witches and other people who got saved, they said, the song when you sang Dana say Dana we were, were okay. But the song about the blood. When you began to sing, there is power, power, wonder working power. When you began to sing, Mojani Mo, Mojani. Oh, may the blood speak for you. May the blood speak for you. May the blood speak for you. May the blood be for you. Let up your voice and shout. When he shall let you go, he shall surely trust you out hands altogether. Listen. After 430 years, when it was time, according to divine calendar and the prophetic calendar of God to let his people go. He restored the black covenant. In Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Sit down. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. May this month April, may the coming month April, Become the beginning of great month in your life in the name of Jesus. A month of restoration. May you enter into restoration. New beginnings, new breakthroughs. May you overcome things that you have not been able to overcome. 
May you break through. May you advance in your Christian life. In the name of Jesus. May you increase in the anointing. May you be taken to remove. May sicknesses disappear from your life. In the name of Jesus. shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speaking unto all the congregation of Israel, saying speaking unto all the congregation of Israel, listen, tell all the people, because what God was going to say, they have never heard it before. It had been 430 years. By the way, let me give you a little aside. In the original duration that God gave to Abraham. I think in Genesis 23 or 24 whatever, God told him that he would be away for, they will be there for 400 years. But how come that they were there for 430? Because at the end of the 400 years, there was no intercessor. Nobody had interceded to God. Some things have delayed in your life because there is no intercessor. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 16, God said, I looked and there was no intercessor. And I wanted that there was no intercessor. Yeah. Sit down. Listen. One of the things that we should be doing is intercession. Pastors, we need people to intercede for us. Pray. Get some people to intercede for you. Yeah. They had to live there for another 30 years. Hallelujah. Eh? Speaking unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the 10th in the day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Watch this. Bible historians tell us that there were 3 million Jews as at that time. 3 million. If you took it that a household was equal to 3 people, then there were 1,000, uh, 3,000, eh? 3,000 households. Is that not it? Yeah. Yeah? 3 million. Oh, no. One million. I don't know what, what I'm saying. One million households. So can you imagine killings, killings. Goats being slaughtered, sheep. Can you imagine the amount of blood? Can you imagine the amount of blood? God was restoring the blood covenant. 
It is only by the blood. It's only through the blood. It is only the blood that gives us access to God. After this convention, you are going to have a very important respect for the blood. Yes. Yeah. You are going to have a proper respect for the blood of Jesus Christ. Because most of us, we don't value the blood. And that is because we don't understand what it is. Hmm? And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night Roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden it with water. Alright, that's a little, a, little, a little detail there. They were supposed to roast it and eat it. They were not supposed to eat it raw because the Egyptians who were idol worshippers ate it raw. And God said, I want you to make a difference. If you eat it raw, you are like the Egyptians. You are like idol worshippers. From today, even if you are an idol worshipper, I am restoring my relationship with you. That's what God was saying. So you cannot continue to eat it raw. You must now roast it. And make a difference. You are now becoming... My children, I'm restoring you. You cannot continue to live your life the way you used to do it in the world now that you are a Christian. There must be a difference. All things have passed away. It's not a wrong. Rotted with fire, his head with his legs and with the penitence thereof. And you shall, you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, you shall burn with fire. And that shall you eat it with your loins gilded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in host. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of, of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the law. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, now listen. Now listen. Listen. They took something called hyssop. Form of tree, bats or um, branches or leaves or whatever. Hyssops. And then they put it in the blood. And he said, I want you to strike the two side posts here and here. And the top. 
When you strike the sides and the top, you get the cross. So this is what God was saying. That when I come, when I come, when I send a destroyer and it's going out, the reason why you, you have a Passover is because I see the cross in your house. I see the cross. And the cross stands for the blood. And God said, when I get your when the angel of death gets your house, he will see the cross. Then he will pass over you. It is only through the blood and by the blood that we are separated from the peoples of the world. Yes. He said, when I see the blood, we shall talk about this sometime. Some more later on. As we go ahead. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Quickly. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Look at verse 24. Verse 24. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. Continue. And it shall come to pass when ye become to the land which the Lord will give you, according as ye have promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What meaneth ye by this service? That ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed their head and worshipped. Listen, sit down. After 430 years, God reintroduced the blood covenant. And he said, by the blood covenant, I will now restore you. I will now restore you. I will now restore you. Yes. It is only through the blood that we are separated. What makes a difference between you and your brother in the house? Who is not a believer is the blood of Jesus Christ. No, not because you are good. God doesn't see you. He said, when I, he didn't say, when I see you. Watch it. He didn't say, when the angel of death comes, when I see you. He said, when I see the blood. It is the blood. It is the blood, not you. Yes. When they sin and their sinful nature, you know, was manifested, God couldn't look at them. They needed to be covered by blood. God doesn't see you. He sees the blood. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand, hand of God. And the Bible says, He's able to save us to the uttermost. For he ever liveth 
to make intercession for us. So, as you are here, when the staff is behaving and God is about to kill them, Jesus is there, he shows him the blood. The blood. When God sees the blood, it's okay. He's forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Adam, in the garden, the blood. Abel, sacrifice, the blood. Noah, from the ark, the blood. Abraham, when he stepped into the land, the blood. When God blessed Isaac and said to him, I'm going to give you the land according to my promise to your father, the blood. Jacob, when he came back and entered the land again, the blood. And the blood covenant was silent for 430 years. During which time they have forgotten their God. Moses said, when I go, who should I say send me? He didn't know God. Yeah. He didn't know God. The Jews have forgotten about him. But when it got to a time for God to deliver them, God called on once again the black covenant. And this black covenant continued. Look at Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord had said, will we do. God called Moses to Sinai and gave him instructions, the laws, judgments. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Look at it. At the foot of Sinai, when he came down, after interacting with God, eh? he invoked the blood covenant. Now listen, I want you to have an idea of the amount of blood. Three million people. He commanded the young men, most probably the young priests, the Levites, the sons of Levi, go around and make sacrifices. They went around, you know, they come and then they, they collect your sheep or your goat and then they kill it. Do you understand it? And he divided the blood into two and put them in basin. And the Bible said that, and he put it in basins and half of the blood, half of the blood, he sprinkled on the altar.
Can you imagine the volume of blood? Continue. And he took the book of the covenant. Hello? He took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people and they said, all that the Lord has said will we do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. The other half that was left. The other half that was left. He sprinkled it on the people. Now, I just want you to imagine for a moment that picture. At the, at the, the bottom of Sinai stood a multitude of people bathed in blood. Bathed in blood. When God looks at us right now, he's looking at us right now, he doesn't see us. He sees a multitude of people who are bathed in the blood of the, in the blood of Jesus Christ. In heaven, I think Revelation 4, when, when John you know, saw the multitudes of people. Huh? Then he asked the elder, the elder who are these? He said, these are, these, these, were, these are those who were washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb. Oh, oh, oh. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb. Oh. That you, today, you are sitting here. Me too, I'm sitting here. Can you imagine that? The only reason why you and I can sit here today is nothing else but the blood. The blood. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord had made. Are you seeing that? Behold the blood of the covenant. Are you seeing that? Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord had made with you concerning all these words. Then went up Moses. Watch this. What was the result? What was the result of the invoking of the blood covenant? Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. When they were bathed of the blood, their spiritual eyes were opened. They saw the God of Israel. It is the blood that gives you spiritual vision. It is the blood that causes your spiritual vision to be acute. From today, every morning, when, when you are washing your face, you should say, Lord, and I wash my face with the blood. So that you can see the demons, the enemies, the afflictions, and the faith that are worrying your life. So that you can also see the angels and the other spiritual forces that are fighting on your behalf. And they saw the God of Israel. Wow. They saw. They were bathed. You see, Paul talks about this. 
in Hebrews chapter 9. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 19. Paul talks about this. Hallelujah. Hebrews 9, 19. For when Martin has spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. Sprinkled them. <laughs> Continue. Saying, this is the blood of the testament, testament covenant, which God had enjoined unto you. There is a blood covenant between God and his people. Since Adam and Eve sinned, God instituted the blood covenant. You, you cannot know the importance of the blood of Jesus until you have understood this. The blood of Jesus didn't just come. Actually, the Bible says that Jesus is the lamp that was slain before the foundations of the earth. God knew that Satan was capable of making his, his precious creature man sin and disobey him. And so, even long before he created man, he made provision. 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 Listen to me. In your life, God has made provision. Don't worry. Don't be too anxious. Keep on serving the Lord. Keep on serving the Lord. Provision has been done, has been made for your ministry. Provision has been made for your wife, for your, for your husband. Provision has been made how you care for your children. Don't, don't be anxious. Provision has been made. Provision has been made. Can I have an amen? Now sit down. Adam, the blood. Abel, only by the blood. Noah, only by the blood. Abraham, only by the blood. Isaac, only by the blood. Jacob, only by the blood. Moses, only by the blood. The children of Israel, only by the blood. This blood covenant is what made, yes, listen to this, is what made God to come and dwell amongst men. Because in Exodus 24, after the people have been sprinkled, after the book has been sprinkled, the law, and the people said, everything that the Lord has said, who obey it. Then in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, God made an announcement. He said, and let 
them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. When Jesus was coming, the angel said his name shall be called Emmanuel, which be interpreted is God. It is only by the blood that God came to dwell amongst me. The tabernacle said, let them build for me a tabernacle. The tabernacle, eh, the tabernacle, alright, represents the Lord, Jesus Christ, and coming to the presence of the Lord. And you see all throughout the tabernacle worship that blood was everywhere. The tabernacle was a tent. A square tent. That had two sessions. The holy place and the holy of holies. And the two were divided by the veil. A thick cloth. And the the tabernacle was surrounded by a fence and there was a gate. Within the fence, okay, the, the confines of the fence was what was called the outer court. And in the outer court was the altar of sacrifice. Every day, every day the priest would come there and people will bring their goats, their calves, turtle doves, bulls, and, you know, sacrifices were made. So, so this blood covenant, it kept on. Thanksgiving um, offerings, um, uh, wave offerings, sin offerings, uh, burnt offerings. The priests continued to sacrifice them. And then every day after he had done that, he would enter the first part of the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. Whilst he was going, his hands were full of blood. And so just at the entrance, there was a big lever made up of the looking glasses of the women of Israel. And in it was water. So the priest would wash his hands like this. And then he would enter the holy place. When he entered the holy place to his right was the table of the shoe bread. To his left was the golden candle stands. And then straight ahead of him was the altar of incense. And every day he would change the shoe bread. He would, he would, he would um, uh, work on the wicks of the, the lampstands. Alright? Lighten them. He would offer burnt incense. And then he would, he would pour blood. He would pour blood. On the altar of incense. Every day. The blood. The blood covenant was fulfilled. Every day. The once a year. The high priest. The high priest. Would take blood. And enter. The holy of holies. And the holy of holies. Was where the presence. And the glory of God was. You cannot assess the power of God. You cannot assess the glory of God. 
You cannot ascend the presence of God except by the blood. That is why when we come before the Lord and we are praying, Jesus says, Say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our deliverance and forgive us our trespasses. We have to be washed by the blood to gain access to the presence. Once a year, the, king, the, the high priest will enter the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was a, it was a box. And it was, it was covered with a golden crown, which was the mercy seat. Which was the mercy seat. In the Ark were three things. The manna the manner that they used to eat, some of it was in it. And then the book of the covenant, the law of Moses. And then Aaron's rod that bad it was also there. So in the presence of God, three things are important. The law is important. Amen. The word of God. Amen. Amen. And Aaron was Moses' assistant. So for those of you who, 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 when you are assistants, you don't like it. Aaron's rod was there. So the assistant is also very important to God. And, and the medicine, all right, was overshadowed by two cherubims. Angels. Two cherubims. Who turned of their faces one to the other and overshadowed the mercy seat like this. And once a year, the high priest will enter and drop blood. Blood on the mercy seat. So that the sins of the people. He himself is sins. And the sins of the people could be atoned for. This blood covenant continued for 1,500 years. 1,500 years. Until Jesus Christ came in the New Testament. When Jesus Christ came, before he came, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to be his forerunner. And John spoke about someone who was coming who was greater than him. But people didn't know. So one time Jesus was passing by. And when Jesus was passing by, John had the opportunity to introduce to, Jesus, to the world who this man was. And what was his introduction? John 1.29 The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. 
What was he saying? He was saying that this is the one. This is the lamb. Listen, everything that had taken place in the Old Testament was a shadow. But Jesus was the real. Listen, when, when God spoke to Satan in Genesis 3.15 about the seed of the woman, he was, was referring to Jesus. The blood that he used to cover her, the blood of animals that he used to cover Adam and Eve, the blood that was shed at various, I mean, times were all a shadow. Were all a shadow. They, they couldn't do the work perfectly. Look at Hebrew chapter, Hebrew chapter uh, 10 and verse 4. They couldn't do the work perfectly. Hebrew chapter 10 and verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Listen, what was introduced in Adam and Eve? Tried as people did God cast, turtle dust and all, it could not take away the sin. There was the need for the final ultimate solution. The final ultimate solution. But remember, that before the foundations of the earth, Jesus was the lamb that was slain. So, the Godhead had a meeting. And they said, son, it's time to go. So the Bible said that in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, God, brought forth into this world his son. He said, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to go to do what? To offer the ultimate blood. All these things that we have been doing for centuries, we ourselves, we know that was just a shadow. Brothers and sisters, the blood that Jesus Came to share on Calvary Cross was the ultimate blood. The ultimate blood. Jesus is the Lamb of God that taketh away. Did you know? Did you know? In Exodus chapter twelve, the Passover lamb that they ate. Do you know who that Passover? They were eating as they were eating as they were eating you see that was what was giving them life but they didn't even know first Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 first Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 who 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 who, who was it that they were eating take us therefore the old living that you may be a new lamb as you are unliving for even Christ our Passover is sacrifice for us that Christ was the Passover lamb that is sacrificed in Exodus 12. John chapter 6 verse 57. John chapter 6 verse 57. As the living father had sent me and I lived by the father so he that eateth me even he shall live by me. He that eateth me shall live 
The reason why they lived, they received life, they were not destroyed, was because they were eating the Passover lamb, which was Christ. Hello? That is why the blood of Jesus, look, look, look at certain things that Jesus said in John chapter 6. Hallelujah. From verse 32. John says from 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Very, very, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth to you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, unto the Lord, unto, unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never taste. Hallelujah. Eh? Verse 38, For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I will lose none, but I shall raise it up again on the last day. Hallelujah. Verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. I see you going with the Lord on the last day. Verse 47. Very, very, I say unto you, he that believed on me had everlasting life. Mm. Verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of this world. Verse, verse um, 52. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Very, very, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Listen, he said, When you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, you dwell in me, and I dwell in you. What does that mean? Communion. 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 Yes. But watch. Jesus said, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood so that you have life. Let me end with this. This is why the Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, is the most miraculous meal. It is the meal that every 
Christian must appreciate and eat and eat again and eat it with understanding. Because you are eating the flesh. And when you eat meat, the meat becomes part of your body. The meat is broken down into proteins that are assimilated into your body. So when you eat the flesh of Jesus, the flesh of Jesus becomes assimilated into your flesh. And what cannot be in the flesh of Jesus cannot be in your body. And when you drink his blood, his blood mixes up with your blood. And what cannot be in the blood of Jesus? Let me, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you heard that Jesus had been admitted to Kolobutichi Hospital? He had diarrhea or typhoid, typhoid or fibroid or something. Tonight, tonight, you are receiving the flesh, the flesh of Jesus. Tonight you are receiving the blood of Jesus. This blood, this blood that originated before the foundations of the world. It's available. God kept the blood covenant going until Jesus Christ came as the ultimate sacrifice. As the ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice. And the blood was his life. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it for an atonement for your sins. When Jesus shed his blood, he shed his life. The blood of Jesus is the life of Jesus. Therefore, when you, you drink the blood of Jesus and you receive the blood of Jesus, you have received the life of Jesus. Today, you want to lift up your hands and pray. Stand to your feet, everyone. And thank God for the blood. And now ask for that, that blood to fill you. And ask that flesh to become part of you. Lift up your hands and begin to pray. And as you pray this prayer, may you become stronger. May you be healed. May you enter into deeper communion and fellowship with your master and savior, Jesus Christ. May you begin to love him like never before. May you begin to know him like never before. Lift up your two hands, everybody, and begin to pray now. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. The blood of Jesus keep us alive. Oh, pray tonight and thank you for the blood and thank you for his body that was broken. That was broken for you and for me. Lift up your hands, everybody. Pray. Pray. Yes. Sandini Bohosete. 
Latare Mosete Lindiri Bohosete Lift up your hands and your voice and pray. And appropriate this blood into your life. Cover your life with the blood. Take in the blood. May the blood infiltrate your spirit, your soul, your body. The blood of Jesus Christ. May his flesh become part of your flesh. In the name of Jesus. Pray, pray. Ask for the blood to cleanse you. Ask for the blood to give you life. Ask for the blood to heal you. Ask for the blood to sustain you. Ask for the blood to sustain you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Mahatare Mose, Tiribose. Yibere, Kotiribose, Maria. Manda, Sapa, Tiribose, Pray, lift up your hands and your voice tonight. The blood is working in your life. The blood is speaking for you. The blood is delivering you. The blood is giving you life. The blood is giving your children life. Ask the blood to give your children life. Your loved one life. Receive life yourself. Ask the blood to heal you. Ask the blood to sustain you. Ask the blood to keep you. In the name of Jesus. Oh yes. Like a rose, trampled on the ground, you took the fall and taught of me above all. You were crucified, crucified. Lift 
up your hands and sing it. Above all wonders. Above all wonders. Above all powers. your life. Receive healing by the blood. Receive life by the blood. Receive life. Life in your eyes. Life in your stomach. Life in your head. Life in your breast. Life in your womb. Receive life. The life of Jesus. The life of Jesus. What is not in the blood of Jesus cannot be in your body today cannot be in your blood today in the name of the Lord Jesus receive it, receive it receive it, the blood the blood the blood, there is power in the blood lift up your hands and receive the power there is power power, wonder working in the blood of the Lord there is Jesus. The power of the blood of Jesus is healing you. The power of the blood of Jesus is healing you. The power of the blood of Jesus is healing you. The power of the blood of Jesus is healing you. The power of the blood of Jesus is healing you. The power of the blood of Jesus is healing you
power of the blood of Jesus is restoring you. The power of the blood of Jesus is giving you life. Receive a station of life, a station of faith by the power of the blood. Worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral College, opposite the College Main Gate. Our service times are Early Rain Service, 6:30 to 8:15 a.m. Love and Hope Service, Local Languages Services, from 7:30 to 9:30 a.m. Love and Faith Service, from 9:30 to 11:30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289 God bless you to glorify your